Anyhow, <laughs> in three, two, one, hello and welcome to today's uh, episode of the Investment Property Income Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jeff Eady, and joining me today is my fantastic friend, a dancing sensation and a, uh, <laughs> a wealth of knowledge uh, and broker extraordinaire, Jonathan uh, Tilger. Jonathan, you're, uh, you're certainly impressive when you, I, I talk to you about mortgages, it's how you your uh, over a decade in the industry is very impressive. You know, the fact that you had one of the largest brokerages in the country uh, up until a couple of years ago when you decided to, to go your own way and, and change up the world. But uh, I have to say, it's amazing the fact that you know so many little different niches and and ways to look at the same thing and come up with different options so thanks for always shedding light on the situations for me that i would have had no clue if i wasn't talking to you well thank you jeff thanks for again as always thanks for such an incredible intro you actually went a little bit longer than usual which i always appreciate because <laughs> you're saying such glorious things about me so yes please bring it on bring it on <laughs> Well, it's true. It's, uh, you know, I, I, I enjoy talking to, to people that are smarter than me, whether it's in their lane or just in general. And your, uh, your ability to look at somebody's financial situation and place them in the right spot always astounds me. Uh, I know that I've brought in a, a number of friends to you over the years and, and they always come back with great words to say. So I appreciate that. I definitely don't want to be sending friends to somebody that, that couldn't do that, but I really appreciate how, how you've mastered your craft. I guess that's the easiest way to say it. So that's amazing. That. <laughs> hey, you're welcome. But I, I do, I do truly mean it. Um, Enough of all of that. Um, what I, I did want to talk about today and our, our subject is refinancing versus renewals versus equity takeouts. When, where, why, how, all of those things. And I guess the, the, you know, we'll start with a clarification between a refi or refinance, a renewal, and an equity takeout. Do you want to kind of give us the, the lowdown on those three? Yeah, perfect. So I will start with the renewal. So the renewal is effectively... Uh, you sign in when you when you set up a mortgage. It's set for a certain term length. At the end of that term, so you set up, let's say, a three-year term. At the end of the three years, you then come up for renewal. You've got the option. You can stay with that current lender. They will send you an option. But you can also shop around to to just basically what's termed as switch your mortgage to a different lender at that point. Mm -hmm. uh, so, what a refinance and why, equity? Why would somebody want to switch? It's really, it's really finding out and looking for, I mean, rate is part of it, obviously, but it's also looking at, uh, are there certain mortgage options that you might want to look at? For instance, you've built up some equity in your property. Uh, are there options you can look at to set up a line of credit if you want to pull it out for investments or other purposes? And if they're offered through your current lender versus checking it, somebody else out. It, exactly the case. So it's, it's really, it's really uh, looking at, Looking at your needs today, when you set up the mortgage, your needs have probably changed from what they were three, four, five years ago when you set up that mortgage. So it's really addressing what your needs are today and, and taking the time to do some research to, to get an option that is in line with what you, re, what you need now. Yeah, kind of like uh, you've, you've grown, <clears throat> so you got to buy some new clothes. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, the other two are, uh, are looking at the, the refi and the equity takeout. Now, uh, and 
a refinance and an equity takeout, they're more or less the same mechanism, but there are some small differences. Uh, main one being refinance is usually you're refinancing and restructuring debt. So you've got a car loan, for instance, you could have some student loans, other things. Let's build that into the mortgage. So you built up some equity in your property. You've got a car loan and some credit card debt. Let's build those into your, into your mortgage. So you're going to get it at your mortgage rate of what? to two and a half percent versus uh, versus the credit card rate of 15, 16, 17 percent plus. So an, an equity takeout is similar as far as the mechanism, meaning that you're adding additional money to your mortgage, uh, but usually you're taking it out for a purpose. So you're not you're not usually I mean, if the lender looks, oh, we've got debt, we're paying out the debt, great, we can see where the money's going. With an equity takeout, we need to explain where the money's going to. Hey, listen, you're getting the money because you're, you want to do, you want to add an addition on the house, you want to do renovation to the house, you want to upgrade your kitchen, something like that. That's, that's one of the, the common scenarios where someone would do an equity takeout. Another one is something that we obviously look at quite a bit, which is Someone's built up equity in the property. They want to get into the investment property world. Let's take the equity out of your current property and use that to invest in a new property. Okay. So a couple of huge distinctions there I, I, I want to touch on. So re, uh, renewal, got your mortgage with who you're with. You just sign a new term. Simple, straightforward. Refinancing. Would, uh, sorry, let's go with the equity takeout. What forms would an equity takeout take. So what do you mean by what forms? Well, um, you talked about uh, how a refi, you pretty much take out the money and you do whatever you want with it. In, you know, our, our lane here, we'd be talking about an investment property to do that with. Yes. <clears throat> but you said that you have to explain with a, uh, with an equity takeout, you know, we're going to take up, uh, encompass our consumer debt, or we're going to add uh, uh, an addition onto the house. So, Gosh, I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> so when you're doing that, what what form would an equity takeout be in? Would it be a, a, a home equity line of credit or would it be a refi or some combination of the two of those? So it, it could be either. It could be. So when you're, when you're doing, a, whether it's a refinance or an equity takeout, uh, there are options where you could just structure it as, hey, you've got one mortgage. Let's leave it as one mortgage on the property. All we're doing is making the mortgage larger uh, versus setting it up. And and there are certain mortgage products where you can have, it is one charge in the property. This goes back to our standard versus... Uh, versus uh, collateral charge. Collateral charge. Yeah. Yeah. But if registered as a collateral charge, it can be set up in different portions. Uh, this has some some big advantages, especially for tax reasons. Um, number one rule is that you're, and before I go into this, I will just say that I'm not a tax expert. So definitely we want to bring your accountant into the conversation. This is something you're looking at, but if you're taking out money to invest from your property, you can write it off versus the mortgage on your principal residence. You can't, but if, if we can demonstrate and it can be shown to CRA that the money has been taken out for investment purposes. So that's where you need to have a separate mortgage portion. So you can be it a separate mortgage or a line of credit. So you can clearly state that, no, this money was used. It was put into this investment, be it real estate, be it stocks, be it something else as an investment. So that portion can be written off. Okay. So basically what you're saying is if you're just doing an equity takeout, however, that's going to be structured. If, if they add on, actually let's back up. 
you talked about adding on or getting a larger mortgage on your existing mortgage. What's the process for that? Essentially, essentially it's you've got to apply for and qualify for the new higher mortgage amount. And that doesn't matter whether it's just one mortgage or it's a mortgage plus a line of credit. The, you, there are requirements you've got to make, a lot of them being income requirements, that you can handle this new higher payment. But you're not actually getting a new mortgage, so you wouldn't have all of the setup fees and stuff like that? Uh, because the, because anytime you're doing a refinance or an equity takeout, you are increasing the mortgage amount, you would have to go back through a legal process to re-register a new mortgage charge. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. So <clears throat> would it be more advantageous to just do the refinance as opposed to trying to qualify for an equity takeout? Re refinance and equity takeout are the same thing. Oh, so, okay. so. Well, now you're making it less clear. <laughs> me 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 mechanism, mechanism wise, I'll, I'll just say they're, they're, the, the, the ties have a great expression, same, same, but different. So, so a refinance versus an equity takeout is the same, same, but different. Mechanism wise, when you're registering that mortgage, it's the same thing. It's the same process. You're filling out the same paperwork. The only difference is with the refinance is typically clear. Okay, you're taking out an additional $50,000. Here's the debts that are being paid. We can see your credit bureau. We can see, yeah, you got a $30,000 car loan. You owed $50,000 or $15,000 in credit card debt and a $5,000 student loan. That's what's being paid out. Great. It's clear. With an equity takeout, we're taking out $50,000. Where's it going towards? That's where we need to explain where it's going towards because there are, there are uh, just money laundry rules, so just money regulation rules that have to be adhered to. And so we need to explain where the money's going to. So could somebody just take out an, uh, a home equity, sorry, a, just do an equity takeout and say, I just want to have the money in my savings account? You could, you could do that if you wanted to. Yeah, or use it for whatever they want because it's, it's truly their money. Yeah, and if they're saying, well, I'm using it for future investment purposes. And so, yeah, initially the money would go be in their savings account. An opportunity comes up. They've got it available to them. Mm-hmm. Or I just want to have a heck of a weekend in yeah. Vegas. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so the the one the one point I really want to want to bring up, and this is uh, going back to the initial. There were the three things we spoke about. One being the mortgage renewal, mm -hmm. and it maddens me the number of times I've had a conversation with someone. That, oh, I just renewed my mortgage, and here's what I want to do. But I just renewed my mortgage last month. So you're now in a new term, so it will, it will cost you a penalty to break that mortgage. So if you've got a mortgage that is coming due when it is coming due, if you are thinking about taking the money out, be it for renovation, be it for investment purposes, uh, be it for a child's education, whatever the reason being, when you're coming due for renewal, that is your optimal time to do that. And I'm just saying that because when you're coming due for renewal, you will not have a penalty to break your mortgage. Your mortgage is effectively up. If you were to, okay, I'm going to refinance, I'm going to go to a different lender, the most your current lender could charge you would be a discharge fee. Mm -hmm. Which, how much would that be? That's usually somewhere in like the three to $500 range. And it's, it's, basically to, it's basically to cover their legal cost to remove the charge they have registered against your property. So is that going to be the case with every time that you switch lenders? 
that would be the case. If you were to switch lenders, that would apply. So if you're just switching, oftentimes, if you're just doing a switch and transferring your, your mortgage to a new lender, oftentimes your new lender will pick that up. So there would be no cost for you to just switch your, your current mortgage over. And the, the just switch, that means it's just being moved over. There's nothing, nothing extra happening. Uh, but if you are considering for, as I said, investment, renovation, education, hey, that dream trip you've always wanted, whatever it is, you want to use some of the equity in your property for that. When you're coming to for renewal, that's your optimal time to look at it and structure things just because you can get it done with no additional breakage fees. Yeah. So really, before you sign anything, know what you want to do. <laughs> exactly. And it, it's it. And don't don't. I mean, I get another one that's really. Fr oh, I'm coming due next week. What can I do? Going. All right. You don't really have the time now. So it's best to do this a few months in advance. So there's the time to really explore the options, have the conversations that need to be have. So so everyone can be on the same page. You understand what options are available. So and there's a time to set it all up. Yeah, so I guess really you want to start about that six month mark looking looking forward, right? That would be an ideal time. And oftentimes, uh, your current lender might send you an early renewal option. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's where they're saying, hey, we can we can put you in this today. Uh, there'll be no penalty to get out of it to get out of your current term right now. And it's because they want to sign you on to a new five year or whatever the term is. So they've got you locked in. Yeah, that's funny. You know, I, uh, I, I've worked with brokers in the past who said that one of the big things is they, they work really hard to get clients and then the bank works really hard to take them away from you. So they, they send you those renewal uh, uh, packages about six months in advance thinking that most, most brokers aren't going to come back and say, hey, you know what, you had a great experience with this lender. However, you're at a different stage in your life. You're looking for different things, different goals. You've grown. We need to find something that fits now. And instead of just signing that renewal package and thinking, oh, it's great. It's easy. I'm in here for another five years. Yeah. So really, yeah. instead of just talking about the difference between renewal and refinance, we're talking about the difference between uh, renewal and equity takeouts and then the differentiators of equity takeouts. So they it, all fall under the equity takeout umbrella. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to break it down. Yeah. Okay. And to summarize it. <laughs> <laughs> so when we're looking at those equity takeouts, um, you and I had this conversation the other day and I, I actually found it mind blowing because I know that you can take out up to 65% of your uh, loan to value, how much the value of your home is to the loan that you're getting on it. You can take up to 65% in a home equity line of credit, or you can do a refinance for up to 80%, but you blew my mind when you said that you could combine the two. Yeah, so uh, so a lot of people they think, well, I want a home and equity line of credit, uh, but yeah, the rules you can only do sixty five percent. But if you put on fifteen percent, an additional fifteen percent in a mortgage portion, hmm. so the mortgage portion, uh, then you can get the eighty percent on a refinance or equity takeout. Yeah, I thought that was that was really cool. I I had never heard of combining the two, which was. And, and you definitely had to give me some clarification on that because that blew my mind. It really did. Um, I always thought it was one or the other. I didn't think that you could do a combination of the two to take up to 85% or 80% of your, your home equity or your home value 
out of the mortgage. Jeez, I'm having troubles with words today. Yeah, what, once you get into a line of credit as a, as a structure to set up, because it is a collateral charge, and we had that other talk about that one a few days ago, uh, now you can have different portions to the mortgage. And as, and as I said, I'll go back to that. If you are pulling it out because you're buying an investment property, the part you've pulled out for the investment property you can write the interest off on that. So this is where having the multiple portions, there's a huge tax advantage in doing that for that reason. Here's an interesting question. If you were doing that <clears throat> from your current home, we've talked about purchase plus improvements. Yes. Could you set up a multi-layered um, system here where you could take out a home equity line of credit to take up to 65%, add the 15 for the mortgage portion to get you up to 80 and then get a mortgage for purchase plus improvements. Uh, that's a scenario that I've not seen quite laid out that way. <laughs> it, it, it could. Sorry, I'm that's sure, my brain I'm, working. <laughs> I, I'm sure it could be done. Um, but one of the questions that always comes up, and this is if you're getting the line of credit, so you've got, and typically someone getting a line of credit, they don't need the money today. Mm -hmm. So they've got extra room as it is mm -hmm. um, because when you're going through the, the plus improvements portions, you get into extra paperwork, extra steps, a few extra costs. If mm -hmm. effectively you're borrowing money that or getting credit set up that you don't need today anyway, mm -hmm. um, you're looking for more credit that you don't need today. Is it worth the additional cost and hassle to get that done? <laughs> I love that I might have just thrown you a curveball. <laughs> That's awesome. I've never seen you <laughs> have to think so hard about one of my questions. It's great. <laughs> um, and you know what? You you did mention something there, and, and you and I have both had uh, dinner with a, a brilliant real estate tactician and lawyer uh, from probably the most real, uh, recognized real estate uh, brand in the world. The one thing he always says is if they're going to give you credit, take it. Don't have to use it, but if they're going to give it to you, take it. Yeah. Well, because the, the hardest thing is um, trying to get credit when you need it, when you need it. <laughs> yeah. And, and on those lines, I'm just going to throw in one other thing. And this, this goes back, especially if you are, and again, this goes back to a scenario I've seen a few times and I've, often had the conversation after the fact. Someone makes a decision, I'm going to open my own business. I need to get, and after they've opened their business, they realize I've got all this equity in my house. I can use that for my business. Take that back six months earlier before you'd, you'd left your job to start your business, set it up then. Because yes. it's so much easier to set it up when yes. you've got that paycheck coming in. Once it's set up, you've got the credit available. Now you can use it for your business. Yes, that's, that's wow, that's huge. Especially after talking about uh, <clears throat> one of our, our latest podcasts, the self-employed. If you're thinking about taking that route, that's, that's huge value right there, Jonathan. Because once you don't have that income and you do need, say, 20 grand to, to, to fill an order that you've already got, that's massive because the banks are probably not going to want to finance that when they don't see your paycheck coming in. And that's the, the catch 22, right? The, uh, well, if I have the 20 grand, I can make 40, but uh, you know, the banks don't see it that way. Yeah, exactly. 
Wow, that was that's a great way to leave off that conversation. Thanks, Jonathan. <laughs> As always, you uh, you you definitely fill the time with value. I appreciate that, and I appreciate you for listening. Thank you very much for staying with us this long. If you haven't already, uh, check out investmentpropertyincomebook.com to download your free copy of the book that Jonathan and I co-authored. Uh, everything you really basically it's a, a how-to guide on using your home to invest in uh, your future. And we really take a look at, obviously, from our conversations, the finance side of things versus just the real estate strategy, because nothing happens if you can't get the money. Jonathan, anything you want to say to uh, to wrap that up? <clears throat> As always, just a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you very much, everyone listening. I really appreciate it. And uh, have yourself a wonderful, wonderful day. Thanks so much, Jonathan. If you want to ask Jonathan a question, be a guest on the show, or uh, really take any steps towards becoming an investor yourself or getting another investment property or just strategy, shoot Jonathan an email at ipincome at amortgageplan.com. And I'm sure he'd be more than happy to share his wealth of knowledge with you. Jonathan, as always, thank you so much. I will talk to you soon and uh, have a fantastic day. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs>